Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin. Special episode for you this time around, a live taping, which in this case is another way of saying we hope you can tolerate the comparatively lousy audio. Unfortunately, there were technical difficulties at the venue, but fortunately, sort of, what they were unable to capture on their multi-thousand dollar mixing board, I was able to somewhat capture on my hastily placed hundred dollar Blue Yeti microphone. And that's why this episode is brought to you by Yeti Microphones. Yeti! The official microphone of abominable snowmen, I guess. I don't know. So that's the semi-shitty news, but here's the great news. My guest is Jesse Klein, the lovely and fascinating and hilarious executive producer and head writer for Comedy Central's Inside Amy Schumer. Jesse and I talk about the show, of course, but also her early influences. Spoiler alert, one of them starts with Grouch and ends with O. We also discuss the early experiences around the comedy writing world that helped Jesse ultimately take the often ill-advised jump into the comedy writing world. Doesn't work out for everybody, but fortunately for the comedy listening world, it worked out great for Jesse. We also chat a bit about the development process, which Jesse has been involved with from both sides of the table. It's very interesting. This episode was taped live in New York City during New York Podfest 2015. Now go sit in a quiet place, put in your earbuds, cup your hands over your ears, and focus as if what you're listening to is about to give you the best orgasm of your life. But only if you really listen to it. This is episode 45. My guest is Jesse Klein. I'm J.R. Havlin. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. Welcome, everybody, to Writer's Block. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin. Thanks for coming out to this live taping at lovely Fontana's in the Lower East Side. Or it's currently Fontana's. I'm sure at one point it was a crack den or something, don't you think, down here? Probably. Yeah, most likely. My guest is, uh, 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 I'm very happy to have her here. This is very exciting. Um, the uh, co-executive producer and head writer of, uh, <laughs> right. these are lies, though. No, they're, they're truths. They're truths. <laughs> of the uh, consistently hilarious Inside Amy Schumer, and uh, her name is, and I want you to all help me welcome, please, Jesse Klein, everybody. And Jesse, I thought we would just start, I don't want to throw you off, you don't have to do this, but I figured we would just pretty much spend the entire hour talking about Bill Cosby. Yeah, let's do it. I don't think he did anything. Leave him alone. It's a legacy. No. We're trying to bring him down. That show's amazing. He brought us fat you know. Oh my god, picture pages. All the things he did. Yeah, I think he's totally innocent. I'll tell you what my, i tell you Okay, well, my biggest problem with it is that what do we involve? Does how how much do we involve uh, Jello pudding? Do you know what I mean? Like, do is there like do you not eat it now? Um, I don't know I'm not a that. saint. No. Um, <laughs> I, I do love some Jello pudding. I mean, to me, honestly, in the last what is it, 72 hours or so, the biggest disappointment is is Claire. Claire, did I miss something? Claire. Oh. 
<laughs> a Huxtable? Yeah. What'd she do? She came out and was like, she basically, the thing that I just said as a joke, she said for real. Oh, really? Like, yeah. let's forget it. She agreed that it happened, but let's forget it. No, 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 no. She was like, it didn't happen. She, was like, she literally, the quote was, do you guys not hear about this? Or yeah. Yes. No, that's weird. She was like, forget these women. And she basically suggested that there is a conspiracy and she doesn't know who's responsible for it, but people are trying to. This is such a fun podcast. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a conspiracy of people trying to like ruin his career, and, and that's what this is all about. This is a conspiracy of like 37 women, all with very similar stories. No, it seemed like she was literally kind of more pointing to like the idea of like a cabal. Oh, but wow. yeah, oh, boy, it was a wow. bummer. Like her silence, I could handle. I was like, silence is an okay reaction to this if you worked with him. But yeah, anyway. So what else are we talking about? No, just that. It's yeah, right okay, just all that. All right, let's go deep. Let's go deep. Let's, let's, let's figure out what the Daddy hell's going on. Daddy, great. Guy. Give us chocolate cake. That's you. That's great. <laughs> what is that from? That's like one of those famous. Do you people not know? Dad gave us chocolate cake. Thank you. Cosby did a bit about like giving his kids chocolate cake for breakfast and then. Oh, and that was a song he that was sang. really funny. You guys. <laughs> yeah, that's a chocolate cake singing. and then go out and rape. We're doing. He's done. We're trying to do a sketch. I don't want to blow the wad, but. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. There may be a Cosby-related thing on the show this season. That is kind of yeah. Well, you, it's is that. Do you feel like compelled to uh, to do that, or you, you feel at least compelled to consider? Uh, definitely to consider it because it's just yeah, it's a big, big story that right. has a lot of social implications. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, um, sexually related. I've noticed that your show is highly uh, sexual, like the, in nature, the content of the show. Am I wrong about that? Am uh, I reading into it? A there's some. There are sec- Yeah, there's some sexual topics. Yeah. <laughs> it's for adults. It's a show for adults. Speaking of which, from what I understand, you've had sex within the past four months. I I don't know what you're talking about. What are you even referring to? And then you you told me, well, we don't have to sit here talking about it, but you told me that you're pregnant. I wanted to say congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. I am a child. And if at some point, I have to say, I'm still, this is my first, and I I don't know what I'm doing, and so... uh, I'm still figuring out how to wear pants, and um, if at some point I, I need to unbutton my pants yeah. and slightly unzip them, don't take it the wrong way, <laughs> but it may occur, because this pair was working last week, and then standing is totally cool with them, but sitting... Sitting's a little more of a problem. Uh, that's creating an indent. <laughs> I think at this point I might take it the wrong way if you don't. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, well, I'll just let's yeah. let everyone settle. I want you to be comfortable with what's happening right yeah. now. That's never going to happen. <laughs> I read an article uh, recently in the uh, Times of Israel. <laughs> yeah. Who hasn't? No, well, it's my holy paper of record. Yeah. It's better than the Israel Post. It's yeah. a fucking mag. <laughs> uh, in which you, uh, it was a nice article by you, and... Um, well, my friend wrote yeah, it. Yeah, your friend wrote it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, you, you seem nice. I do my best. We're just meeting right now for the first time, by the way, are we not? I feel like we've like had little cross like, paths. Cor- like, well, you little... worked at Comedy Central. But this is definitely the most we've ever spoken. Yeah, definitely. How's it going so far? <laughs> I don't know. It's mostly about Bill Cosby. Bill and Cosby and, and my preg- and my fat pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, that's how I was going to describe it. All right, yesterday. cool. Your big fat pregnancy. Big fat pregnancy. You admitted to having more than once dressed up as Groucho Marx for Halloween. Yeah, a couple of years in a row. <laughs> a couple years. Oh, you went in a row. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did, like, just out of laziness. Why? They didn't have, like, Zeppo masks? Or what was the oh. deal with? Was he your favorite? Forget Zeppo. No? Uh, no, I love Groucho. 
I love Groucho, and I don't know. I didn't know you were supposed to be like a slut version of something. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So At I, this point, was, you can still do Groucho, but it has to be slutty Groucho. Yeah, I was an extremely. I was really just going for verisimilitude. I wanted to look as much like Groucho as possible. First time that word has appeared on the podcast. Thanks. Let's mark that. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a little bit in common because I've talked about this before. But I. When I was like eight or nine, went out as Harpo Marx. Did you really? I did. I oh was a huge fan of the Marx Brothers. Really? I had big curly hair. Did you have an, what, a trench? I wore a tra I wore a trench coat like and a... I had and then my mom like powdered my hair oh, and I yes. got a bicycle horn and held it <laughs> under my jacket and when we went up everybody said uh, trick or treat and I just honked the horn. I wouldn't say anything and I got candy fucking galore. Uh, that is, you know what? In some ways, I feel like Harpo is a slightly more fun costume just because you get the wig. But um I didn't need the wig, that was part of the <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it's already there. Like ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. to imagine. Okay. No no no. I am picturing it. I had it. I'm picturing it. Um yeah, no, I love the marks, but maybe if we'd run into each other during those Halloweens we'd be married now. And you'd be at least five phone. months pregnant. Oh my god. I'm sure I'd be on my eighth. So was, uh, were the Marx Brothers an early influence of yours, comedically? Um, I mean, I would imagine, if you're I, dressing up as them. I, yeah, I was really obsessed with them. I, uh, like, because the, their movies just used to be on TV a lot. Yeah, maybe that was it. Was, that was one of the things that we would see. I don't know how uh, old like, you are. Um, I'm that. not. I'm 39. Oh, I'm not ashamed. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, it would be on, um, you know, WPIX or like WWOR for any other New Yorkers who grew up with like weird UHF channels or whatever those were. But, um, Channel no, 6. Yeah, it was, uh, there's on, and then also my, my dad was into them too, so he like, uh, he would sort of, I think maybe bought me some of their other movies on VHS, but yeah, it was like the first thing that I saw, I, I saw when I was, I feel like maybe I was nine. Because uh, I definitely, when I was 10, wrote a report about them. Really? Yes. Do you still like, have it? Please tell me uh, I'm sure my mom does. Uh, which yeah. should be a fact as terrifying as it is sweet. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I, I, that was, like, the first time I saw someone with, like, a viewpoint that, like, you know, you're just a kid. You don't even, you're not even thinking about what you're thinking. But I was like, oh, that strike something deep in me. So, yeah. Oh, I feel stirrings. Um, no, just like seeing like uh, someone, the sarcasm of it, and just that this idea of someone remarking on everything while they're a little bit outside. And I definitely felt a little bit outside. Yeah, we had a slightly different experience. I just enjoyed that Harpo was a kleptomaniac. Yeah, no, and also the horn. Yeah. And, uh, well, the yeah. horn, the fact that every time, like, I just, I really enjoyed it. Well, he was sort of like a magician because, you know, he would constantly, there would constantly be silverware dropping out of his coat. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to duplicate at Halloween, but that didn't really pan out. Um, if you were going to do, like, deep cuts, I don't know if you've ever read uh, Groucho's autobiography. Like, no, I but have, I should. I heard it's very good. It is very good. Uh, Harpo was, like, in real life, like, his favorite brother and was this very gentle soul. Yeah, yeah, right. Really, like, like, the kindest of all of them. How about that? There you go. Who knew? Learning. Learning. We're here learning. You grew up in New York City. I did. That's always been so weird to me. <laughs> like, such a, like I never like when I moved here it was after college and yeah where are you from uh, California from oh, the Bay that's area. even weirder <laughs> whenever everyone says they're from the Bay Area I always inch back a bit that seems so much why weird. would you do that I don't know, 
like the Bay Area seems a little sketchy. Like, why can't you just say exactly where? Well, because it's better than saying Concord. I don't know. I prefer Concord. Nah, I didn't even live in Concord. Ever. I, Bay Area. It seemed like the funnier town. It seems like you're I hiding Danville. something. I don't know why I said Concord. I, I was. I was. I, it's like if I said I'm from the Northeast and like wanted you to be cool about it. I guess if you said I'm from the Northeast, I would edge back a little bit. Yeah. Is that, is that the vibe the Bay Area gives off when somebody says For me. For me. For me, Manhattan night. Lifelong. Is anyone else here from New York? Yeah, give it up. Of course, Jeffrey and then a few others. Yeah, uh, I think but people, I think when you, they picture, like when you tell people you're from Manhattan, they picture that you're in some kind of like ultra posh, like, oh, so sophisticated, but like, I just grew up in a shitty Hey, you're going like with butlers and horses to take you places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you ride a horse everywhere? Probably. No, it was my princess. dream though. I do still love a horse. Who doesn't? Um, Many people. <laughs> now, and like, uh, uh, someone also said in there that you went to Stuyvesant High, which is a very like uh, uh, it's a good school, but but like one of the it's a public school. Right? It's a public but, school. But a, like, well, uh, it well has, thought of. It's well thought of. You take a test to get in. It's like a math and science. It said in there that you auditioned. Oh yeah, no, she made a mistake. That was a mistake. I was like, what? No, uh, Laguardia. That's too a mistake. I wanted to find out what that audition was. Laguardia. Well, I did. I auditioned when I auditioned to go to Laguardia. I did get in, and I should have gone. And it's one of my regrets to this day. Why? That I didn't go to Laguardia. Yeah. Because I was like desperate to be like an artist, and I was an artsy kid. But then, out of fear, my parents stuffed me into Stuyvesant. Which, um, these are this is such a like provincial conversation. Like, no one cares about local news. No, 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 they do, they do. They're, they care. They care. They're, they're they like, do. tell us about your There's horse no. obsession. Tell us about where you went to high school. I do. Uh, I can edit it as well. Okay. Okay. I'm cool. I, I find spots. Yeah. No. 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 This could probably all. This could all go. No. But. No, no, no. But no, my older brother had gone to Stuyvesant. He was very good at math science. I, to this day, can't put two numbers together. I don't know how I passed the test. So what was, okay, so then what was your, uh, what was your audition at uh, LaGuardia? Um, I auditioned for their drama department. I did some monologue. Uh, and it was like, the, I'd never performed, but I did some like acting or something. Really? I did a monologue and I, and I got accepted, but I didn't go. And I really, I sometimes do think of my life as like a sliding doors thing or what if I... But that's, and that's a high school. Yeah, but like, you know, Lisa Kudrow went, no, she I'm didn't sorry. go. Jennifer Aniston went to that high school. No, 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 yeah, no one knows her. Um, and maybe she's the only one. But um, other there's famous people who went to the high school. Yeah, there's always fam there's no famous people that went to my high school. I guess in the Bay Area. In the Bay Area. It was in the area around Where the Bay. Where are you really from? Danville. I was born in Illinois. See already, you just—I pushed a little, and you revealed a lie. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to say. I meant the Great Lakes area. Okay. okay. And, uh, sure. Great Lakes adjacent. Right, Great Lakes adjacent. Depends on if you're buying or selling. Really. Okay, okay. Yeah, location, location. Yeah, it is. It's really what it's all about. Um, so you. You uh, then go to Vassar, which is uh, uh, boy. Really yeah. No, we're not. We're not going to talk about Vassar. I'm no, it's really that. dull. Yeah. There's nothing to say. Um, and uh, uh, but you come out and you get a job in comedy, but it's as an executive or in the executive branch. Uh, well, yeah, I got a job. I got a job uh, at Comedy Central. Like I kind of was a temp at Comedy Central, and then I got hired as an assistant. So I wasn't really. It's not like I got out of school and became. Right, right, right. I um, it was really very fluky. It was a fluke. Other than that, uh, I went to a temp agency that 
supposedly special. Oh, you were just literally I was through a temp agent? Yeah, 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 I was temping. Oh, I didn't God. know what I was going to do with my life. Wow, Force yeah. One. They still exist. They do a great job. Um, and uh, they were like, we place people at entertainment. They, they specialize in entertainment companies. Mm. And I was really obsessed with Comedy Central because I graduated from Groucho onwards. <laughs> and I was really obsessed with stand-up. I was like, well, I would, I would be interested in temping there. And then I temped there, and then I got a job there. And so I was an assistant for a few years, and uh, and then just slowly stayed. And like, But you went into development. I was in development there, yeah. So people were pitching shows to you. Uh, eventually, yeah. Did that experience, you know, uh, in, in development, once you started like pitching shows, mm -hmm. how did that change that viewpoint? Did you feel like you were more prepared? You knew like what bullshit they were throwing your way? Do you know um, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. It definitely helped. Yeah, it helped in the sense that uh, I think like when people, you know, are creative writers or actors or whoever is pitching or a producer and they have, if they've never pitched before, uh, like I, I was just recently supervising someone who's sold a pitch and I did like the process with her and she, it was her first time pitching and you know, I'd kind of forgotten, like some people just really are like, what is it going to be like? And it is nerve wracking. I mean, I now know what it's going to be like and I still get very nervous pitching, but it helps that I know sort of the general song and dance of how to do it and what makes people feel more comfortable, blah, 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 blah. I, you know, I don't, and I also think it's, the other thing that was helpful about being in development, and there are some really bullshitty development people out there, but there are, also, like, some people who are just smart and cool who work in development, like, I think sometimes people go into those environments feeling like, oh, they've got, it's almost like they're dealing with cops or something, yeah, like, right. fuck the police type well, of feeling. Well, you, you, like, you go in feeling like you're up against the wall right Like, you're up against something. the wall and these people are stupid and this is, it's like, well, maybe they're not stupid. You know, I, I didn't have, because I felt like I always worked with really, I was lucky, because, uh, again, I do know some development people I don't love as much. None of them are Comedy Central. But uh, I worked with really smart, funny people. So you can always be walking into a room with smart, funny people. What shows? What shows got pitched to you that ended up on Comedy Central that uh, um, that you were impressed with? Uh, you know, like um, the pitch. I what, mean, what was it that impressed you? Uh, well, I mean, the ones. God, it's also now kind of a long time ago. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. This would be like uh, like Insomniac with David Tell. Yeah. But that was you know Dave came in. That was with Stu Bailey, wasn't it? Was, uh, was, Nick McKinney. Oh, okay. Well, um, Stu Bailey, I think was well. I don't know. He did a different thing. He, he may did, have done something else. He produced too. something else with Dave. But um, you know, and then that's just like oh well, David Tell. Yeah, right. Of course, and then um. It was almost like did did you feel like uh, um, David Tell? I don't know. If you don't know him, I don't know why you wouldn't could just. Google and look him up. Plus, I just saw him in one of the sketches. He was the creepy uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a good He's role really for him. funny. And the outtakes at the end were great. He was amazing all day long. Yeah, yeah, I bet. But he, uh, uh, he was the king. When I see, he was, he was like the king of my sort of level of stand-up when I started. Back Still the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave Attell yeah. is like, you know, the ultimate. So, uh, so funny. So funny, and um, so, so he, if he comes in. It's like, you're still thinking like, oh, okay, well, it's David Tell, so right away it's going to be a positive thing. But you're still thinking, okay, I still need to hear this idea. Yeah. I need to hear something that we can do. How are you yeah. going to package it? He yourself? did actually, you know, I'm kind of remember, I, I feel like there, were, there was more than one idea that got pitched out, and like not every single one was a winner. It right. wasn't like, oh, we're automatically putting a show on the air with David Tell, but very hard not to. Right. Um, so, yeah, that one, um, God, I'd have to think about it for another minute. And then I worked on Chappelle's show. Oh, that's well, right. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, more, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I would, in general, my whole development career, I give myself 
no credit in terms of like, you know, associating myself with like, oh, why this was successful. Because you are kind of just, generally things work best when you just let people do their thing. But sometimes the development people are in on saying okay, but other times they'll go even further and actually help actually develop the show. I mean, how involved yeah, is it? Yeah, no, no, no. Case by case? It's kind of case by case. Sometimes you're more hands-on. Um, generally, you know, and you nudge things in a direction or not, but some, you know, for the most part, something is either kind of one of those lucky confluences of a person, an idea, and a moment, and it's all working, and it's not, it's not like a development person. Usually, like, your big influence was just saying yes and then letting right, you know, right. letting them in the door and giving them the money and then getting out of the way. I noticed you had uh, Neil Brennan has directed a bunch of your episodes as he well. He did a bunch of episodes for us last season. It was He's so the exact, fun. He was the executive producer of the Chappelle show. And a co-writer. Yeah, co yeah. And of Half-Baked. I did an episode with him. It was great. Episode blah, blah, blah. Go check it out. one of the funniest <laughs> people. Like, just sitting next to Neil is always a super fun experience. Plus, extremely sexy. He sexed it up. Oh, my God. He's like, dripping sex. I didn't I didn't experience any dripping. You must have had somebody in to fix that. I'm amazed I didn't get pregnant sitting next to Neil Brown. Yeah. It's a miracle. Maybe you did. Maybe I did. Finally, We're going to find out at the wrong time. Did you make it this far without ripping out your earbuds and stomping on them as you curse my name and shake your fist at the heavens? In that case, I commend you, and I thank you. But it's not that bad, right? And I knew that you, the hardcore blockhead, would understand and perhaps even revel in the challenge, treating it as but another slight bump in your ultra-bumpy road to comedy greatness. Now then, assuming you bought that pitch, let's continue on with Jessie Klein and find out a bit more about her current responsibilities as an artist and a human being. But mostly as an artist. Actually, just the artist stuff. Let's agree to assume she's a responsible human. Am I still talking? You, so you grew up in in New York. You have been to LA. I've been there. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you don't you don't like it? The uh, uh, I mean, I lived there for Santa a few Monica years. area. The Santa, I was in the, Santa Monica Pier was, area. What if I called LA the Bay Area? Like I could say the Bay Area and mean LA. The Bay, That's how sketchy it feels. But I'm gonna defend I, the Bay Area is just like a general thing. I'm gonna defend that phrase as something right. that shouldn't really freak you out. I'm kind of getting right. why it would, I suppose, but I'm not going to stop using it. No, I look, I want you to do you and never stop doing you. Uh, um, um, you, don't, you don't have to ask twice. Okay. Uh, no, I, I lived in L.A. Um, I, you know, I would live there again. I like the energy of New York. I like walking around. I like, uh, I like knowing people who don't work and entertain yeah it is, it is, it real is clutch. just it is literally like the, the the two choices that we have in entertainment are fucking polar opposite life experiences yeah 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 and it's yeah. really kind of amazing but it's really nice that there's so much more production and everything going on in new york now so yeah um, um i mean it's i feel like there's like oh you, if you work in entertainment and you figured out how to live in new york that's like a win and then i feel like the next level win is when like if you get really rich and famous enough and then you just live Somewhere fucking else, like Dave, even like, like yeah, listen, I like, uh, like, got a farm, and he's own, had that farm forever. Yeah, like, he in, was in, living on the farm in Ohio, like part time when he did that show. Like yeah. when you hear about his stars, just like yeah, I live in fucking Montana. Like that is the that's, cool, yeah. that's the coolest. Yeah. That's like, not a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's the dream that you just are like, oh, I don't need the crutch of either of these. 
like there are other places in the world that could possibly live and still write and be a creative person. But when you went to LA, this is another thing. This got me. You were talking about uh, you wound up renting the guest house of the woman who played the crazy motorcycle carny lady in The Jerk. True story. <laughs> I did. She was no, lovely. Wait, here's what got me about that. In the it jerk, took me a while to figure it out. Jerk. Yeah, so, it, well, she didn't, like, introduce herself that way. No. That wasn't her lead. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, yeah. What is her name? I don't, you know, I don't even remember. Let's say it's Erlene. Sure. I mean, if you, she's on IMDb. So we could find out. What I didn't go that far. Somehow, oh, that's yeah, cool. I just like I thought this. We don't need to spend that much time. On I it. didn't really, but I just thought it was funny. But what got me was like the fact that it's in L.A. the the lady who played the crazy carny motorcycle yeah, woman. Yeah, let me in, live in the back of her house. Has a guest house. She had a beautiful house. <laughs> Fuck! It wasn't like she made out a, of a, like a shipping container she, or something. No, no, no. She had like a beautiful. I don't know anything about houses, but craft craftsman craftsman mm -hmm. house is that a thing? No, we can go deep on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you here, craft. She had a beautiful well, house. I haven't seen it, but and um, you know, she was like, um, she was still coaching, like she was an acting teacher. She kid. I think Ellen Burstyn had lived in her guest house. That's just a sales. That's a sales pitch. Yeah, no, I, I bought. I was, I was like, like, well, you sure. Did, you, bought, you bought right in, and you're like, oh, Ellen Burstyn. Yeah. When don't you hear that kind of stuff? I think uh, Orson Welles. Gave birth in the apartment oh, I have right now. Yeah, oh, they, did. Really? they actually did. Oh, that. Yeah, nice. not a lot of people knew I that. I think Elmerston, stop shitting on my story. I think Elmerston <laughs> really did live in her guest house before me. Um, and had given her, like, there, anyway. Um, yeah, I lived in a, mostly, when I lived in LA, I was in people's Was, there, where, was it Ellen Bernstein? Ellen was here? Yeah. Like carved in one of the things, like next to like, Not like Shawshank, yeah, where yeah. you see it, like, oh no, okay, I'm going to kill myself next. What did Ellen Bernstein do here? Um, this is terrible. But anyway, yeah, I, I, never, uh, I never graduated in L.A. to like living where an adult is supposed to live. Um, I want to talk about uh, uh, the show a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. that'll be a good thing. Sure. Um, how you guys go about what you do. It's such okay. a good show. Uh, is everybody Thanks. here? Do you all watch it on a regular basis, y'all? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, it's also sort of tailor-made for the uh, uh, current industry in the way that it is, and that, like, you know, as far as clips online, you got it made, you know. Guys, you can just watch clips. Just watch clips. <laughs> just I mean, watch, don't even bother tuning in. Just watch you know, clips. I will say one thing, uh, Amy texted us the other morning, and it was like, uh, it was so exciting, but I don't know if anyone saw, I think it was something that went viral, it's... Steven Soderbergh. Oh yeah, I saw familiar. that. He like he has this website which I, I have to go deeper into the website. It's supposed to be amazing. I couldn't tell website. what it was, but is it just like does he list what he watches? He has a website with lots of different things on it, but he he did an entry where he I guess it just kept a fairly insane journal yeah. of every <laughs> single piece of entertainment his eyeballs had taken in in the last year, and so he, and it was like. Here's what I watched on this day for a year, and we saw that he had watched the entire season of Inside Amy Schumer, yeah. and we were like, holy shit! Uh, he's fancy, we like him, and that was really exciting. So now you have to have him like as a guest director, and it, like he'll do it, and it'll be just ridiculous. People have come out of the, I mean, you know, it was, it's been so exciting, because we, you know, when we started doing the show, we were just like, we don't know what we're doing, and then uh, yeah, but it we, came off know. pretty. It came off pretty quick. I mean, even so, like I was binge watching, and like season one is just it's great. I mean, it's only been two seasons, but I I, I love the way that despite the fact that you can watch the clips online, sure, and sure. not despite the fact. I mean, that's almost kind of essential for a show like that now. Right. I mean, um, it's a it's a good part of a pitch, but 
But the tying it in with her stand-up, which is fucking amazing. She's such a good stand-up. So and, um, and then the man on the street stuff and the way that all that stuff kind of ties into the sketch that come, that's coming up and, and breaks up just the, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the potential monotony of something. But also, like, God bless you for having a beginning, a middle, and an end to, your, to almost every sketch that you have. I mean, we do work on it. It doesn't seem like it. a thing that shouldn't happen, and yet it does a lot. It does a lot. I mean, you know, <laughs> that said, it's hard to end anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, endings are hard, and with sketches, we do want to have an end. There are endings that we write in while we're in the room where we're like, we try to think of an ending, and then we're like, I don't know, I guess like, maybe like her head explodes, and then you see like a giant, like one of those Disney books closing, and it's like brought to you by Ocean Spray or something. We're like, but we'll fix it later. We're just, we can't work on it anymore. We're tired. And then like three months later, we're shooting her head exploding. We're like, I guess that's the ending. Guess, um, but no one's complained. Yeah. But, then it, but then it's like, let's do an alternate where somebody throws up on her. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. There are a lot of those things. Up on a lot. Where it feels like a very lazy ending, and then, and then like, is it or is it brilliant? Yeah, but uh, even even in like the sketch I was talking to you about, which is a, a, there's a there's a sketch of a, uh, a Amy's has an interior designer who's talking about played all these by lovely Missy things, Pyle. Uh, who's just great, playing it very straight, and all, talking about all the lovely things she's going to do to the living room and the kitchen, and then of course the foyer, and then what would you like me to do in the shitter? And then it just like it falls into like this terrible thing, and then she throws up on Amy. Which see, I'm underselling it, but man, it uh, killed me. It well, so she funny. throws up on Amy because she's been referring to the bathroom oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as the shitter yeah. the entire time, and she's like a very fancy interior designer, mm -hmm. but she she just keeps saying the shitter, and Amy's increasingly put off, and then finally. Amy's like, you know what, I just need a minute, I need to go pee, and Missy Pyle goes, pee. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, Steven Soderbergh loves that. Yeah, he loves that shit. He loves can't it. get enough of it. I can't, I can't wait to see, like, the influences in the next movie that he releases. <laughs> just all these little pieces of I'm, Amy's humor that come out of there, like, people throwing up to end the scene. You know, he's already making Magic Mike, so he's clearly, he's interested in sexy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, was that ever. <laughs> Get ready for XXL. It's coming out this summer. I believe it. I believe it. Hey, let's. Uh, um, I, I want to show a clip, and we'll talk a little bit about oh, okay. like, how we uh, do that. Let's see if this even works. I don't know. I, don't know. Um, I bet and, it won't. And for you, for you listening at home, um, to pretend that I don't know if you'll hear this or I'll oh, yeah. put in a link. How does or, it showing a clip on a podcast? I, you know, I don't. I haven't quite figured that out. I don't it either. No, that's not it. That's my daughter. She's wearing a fake glasses How and a nose. How cute is your daughter? That is also that's my son dressed as a cop eating a cupcake. That is the wrong clip. Let's get the right clip. That those are trophies from my childhood. Are we about to see your dick? It has nothing to do with this. Is, that actually, but try, the, it is. Guess which one is mine? Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're um, right. What you're thinking is right. Yeah. Uh, that just comes from my trophy room. That's part of the trophy. You room. were an athletic kid. Um, yeah, I have two fake trophies. Don't you also have like 15 Emmys? Where are those? Those are behind those. They're very small. When you get them, like you'd think they're bigger, but This is like your fox catcher room. <laughs> what would please mother? Uh, yeah, these, she uh, only cares about the baseball ones, and that's why you have the front and center. She thinks your Emmys are garbage. Yeah, okay, so here we go. All right, okay. here, here we go. Uh, we're going to watch a nice clip from uh, uh, Inside Amy Schumer, hopefully. Crank it up. We got it? Hold on. If we fuck this up, don't sweat it. It'll, it'll happen. This is me unfucking it up. Hold on. David, David, that's David Clatt, everybody. Big hand for David Clatt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
is probably not precisely the time that he would want me to point him out as my producer. I feel like sometime, maybe like 10 years ago, was when I gave up on AV ever working the first time, and it's just changed my life. Like, when you go into it knowing it's not going to happen right away, you're so much calmer, you're just real relaxed, you're like, no, it's going to take like a few minutes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Oh boy, did Jesse hit that nail on the head. For the record, we got it going and showed the clip, but as we all imagined, listening to TV isn't quite the same experience as simultaneously watching it with your eyeball things. So go ahead, take a little break, go to YouTube, search for Inside Amy Schumer acting off camera, watch the sketch, and then immediately come back to the podcast. No bathroom breaks. This is important stuff. Go ahead, pause it right here. I'll wait. Hey, welcome back. Hilarious, right? Now, just for the sake of some continuity... We'll come back in on the very last line of the sketch right now. <laughs> All right, there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. There's not. There's nothing else you can say. No. Except just you're welcome. Have a great night, everyone. Bye. <laughs> That's pretty close to that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a big thing with this because of the word pussy. Yeah. Yeah, which, yes. uh, um, now, did you, like, that That was, uh, yeah, you've broken ground here. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Jackie Robinson. Yeah, I have. It's a sort of... Pretty similar tale. Pretty similar tale. Same bravery. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we, uh, we wanted to say the word pussy in... A variety of sketches, uh, not just that one. But I think it, it, it got. I, I remember I was watching it. Um, it got beeped in one of Amy's stand-up bits in, yeah. the, in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, she talks about her pussy and lots of and other people's pussies, and um, yeah, this kind of got picked up as like a story because we we did a panel for Paley Center. But uh, basically, there was a double standard that existed where, and it's like there's a whole bunch of like standards and practices stuff around saying dick, but on Comedy Central, they got to the point where you could say dick, uh, unbleeped, and yet you had to bleep pussy, and um, Could you we have were, to bleep, bleep vagina? Um, we never bothered using that word. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, I'm just no, no, no. Um, you know. Well, there's all sorts of little shades of gray around like certain kinds of things, but just in terms of like surely saying like, well, my pussy, blah, 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 without talking in a sexual way about yeah. it. Um, and we were just like, this doesn't seem particularly fair. And 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 I and to Comedy Central's credit, like once we raised the issue, they were like, you know what, you're right, it's not fair. Oh, I did um, you, yeah, yeah, you went and expected some epic yeah. battle. So I guess in that way, it was not like Jackie Robinson. No, not at all. And there was little struggle. Um, but yeah, it was it it, it was satisfying uh, in the sense that it did feel like. I think part of the reason it had never come up before is because there wasn't really a, a female-driven show dealing with these kinds of issues on the network ever before. Um, and so, yeah, it made people think about, like, why does pussy have to be so disgusting that people can't hear the word and yet now, are you dicks very, everywhere? Are you very yeah. conscious now of, of whether or not or how you use it in the future? Well, like, we, you don't want to just start just going nuts? Well, we never felt that way to begin with. I mean, it was really just certain, you know, there's certain sentences where... There are times where actually the fact that a word will be bleeped and you're like, well, do we want to take the bleep or 
do we want to just find an, a word that won't get bleeped? Sometimes the word that won't get bleeped ends up being funnier. Yeah, oh yeah, all the time. Um, we got a, we got a yeah, lot of that. Yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, we, we just, got a lot of that. They, you, would, you would go in with something and they said, no, you can't do that. Oh, well, how about this? Which is way worse. And they say, yeah, just so that, and you yeah. couldn't understand why. We just wrote a scene that we're going to shoot. Uh, we, we actually start shooting our third season on Monday. But uh, there, it's just, it's this really silly sketch, but... There is a quick scene where Amy is having sex with this guy that she's not super into, and he's really into her, and it's an awkward situation, and we had had her, he's like kind of saying like, oh my god, this is so amazing, and originally in the script she just said like, I'm coming, like just to kind of move it along, and they were like, well you have to bleep coming, and so then we were like, well, what if can she just say, I'm having an orgasm, and they're like, that's fine. And so then we changed it to, I'm having an orgasm. And that's actually much funnier. Well, especially since it's like so detached. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like the colder, weird yeah, right. thing to say. So sometimes, they help you out in the yeah, we're not just trying to like have every other word be, be pussy. Right. Yeah. But when we want to use it, we want to use it. Just the way you guys feel when you want to say pussy. You need to say pussy. Yeah, they all want you right yeah. now. They're thinking it right now. I'm sure. Yeah, and, and trying to edit themselves. Wait till I unbutton my pants. When, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be nuts. Just for the kind of like schedule of how something like this happens, you, you come in, somebody pitches this particular idea, or did, you know, did this come, it, it seems like a weird thing that got pitched in one thing. Like, this particular yeah, sketch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, the Just person... Just idea of the process of how yeah. this done. Well, the person who wrote this sketch, this sketch, this sketch is actually, um, Kim Caramelli Schumer, who's Amy's sister, who's a very funny writer in mm -hmm. her own right. Um, and the process for this sketch was pretty similar to the process for any of our sketches. We have um, a small writer's room, Kurt Metzger, who was on mm -hmm. the sketch, yeah. uh, as one of our writers. And um, yeah, we come in and people pitch ideas, but you know, however many that day. And, uh, and then Amy and Dan and I, kind of from what they pitched, are like, well, these are the ones that seem the most promising. You go off on your own. We send them to go off on their own, but we just say like, you pitch eight ideas, work on these two. These seem like they're most close to the target. They'll go write a draft. They give us the draft. We give a few notes. Um, they do one more draft on their own, and then as a room, once they hand that in, we kind of all group write it uh, or punch it up together and work on it together. And that is some of the most fun. Uh, right, and that's, so that's what it's like with each one. Pretty. That's like pretty much our schedule as writers. It's like. Deliriously uncomplicated. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, but but people we just don't go away to pitching, writing, revising, and then pitching, writing, revising. But to call in everybody to be involved in sort of the final yeah. draft of it is yeah. not necessarily very common. You yeah, know I mean, I mean it's, it's done different ways. There, can be, there can be good and bad things about that, right? Because sometimes you're going to feel like you have too many chefs in the kitchen, but if you trust everybody and there aren't that many yeah. people, maybe you can pull it off. No, I think. Um, I think, uh, in general, there's a sign that says five minutes left. Yeah, I don't know I'm if you saw it. I just what want everyone this? to know as well, so We're that going, you guys are ready. We haven't even gotten in the Yeah, no, we <laughs> <laughs> didn't do it. Um, I, think, I think it's great to let people have ownership of a draft of a sketch for as long as possible, but then I think, like, letting everyone, like, going through page by page and being like, well, can we, like, beat this joke and beat this joke? I love the stuff that I write. I love when it goes to the room because I'm like, maybe on one line or more than one line I've ran out of gas. I'm like, I don't know, I feel like I, there could be something funnier here. And then for me, oh, yeah. it's a relief right. to have seven or eight really funny people make it funnier. 
do you take it at the very end and say, oh, okay, now I need to at least do this. I need to just massage just a little bit. There's not that much that happens not after really. the group effort. That would That's be, lovely to hear. It's but, fun. What a nice thing for the staff. But it, it is nice, but it's also what's great, and um, I don't know how it is in other places, but our writer's room is very diverse, uh, and I mean that... It's more women than men. But, well, right? I'm not even talking about... Uh, no, are there half, more women than men? No, it's half-half. Oh. Um, I mean diverse purely in terms of everyone has a very diverse comedic viewpoint. Um, and so it's really fun when, you know, we all have a viewpoint, we all tend to write, you know, you write stuff that's in your voice, but obviously works for the show. But like, if I write some, I have a very different comedic viewpoint than Kurt Metzger. Yeah. But I right. love when a sketch that I wrote gets Metzgerized. He comes in and because, fucks it up. <laughs> yeah, well, he comes in and makes it like even funnier. And there are certain jokes that only Kurt could think of. And like, sometimes getting those mashups of like, Kurt's jokes and Jesse's sketch, or Jesse's jokes and Kurt's sketch, I think is part of what makes things really great. It reminds me of a story I heard about uh, um, Monty Python, the way they, they, they had a couple of teams, you know, yeah, yeah. guys who worked together, and they worked very differently. One of them, and you can kind of sense this when you think about Monty Python sketches, where one team tended to be very grand out in the countryside doing all kinds of things, and the other team would be like in a little shop or something. Yeah. And what they would do is they would write their sketches, and then they'd just hand it over to the other team yeah. to just to Make just it, ruin it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how they ended up with all these things where, you know, you're in a shop buying cheese and then all of a sudden you're chopping off some guy's head in the field. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very satisfying. Yeah, right, The way right. that, the, and it's, you know, it's been working in terms of, it seems like everyone's pretty creatively happy with it. You start shooting on the, um, on a Monday. Monday. I don't know when this will come out or when you out in La La Land or in the Bay Area. I think our season three this? premieres April 21st. April 21st. I have that one. Oh, April good for 21st. you. April 21st. And I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be, on the 22nd, I'll be watching it online. <laughs> and uh, I'll be watching the, my chosen it's clips. It's fine. Uh, so April 21st, uh, um, Inside Amy Schumer, uh, I'm happy to have had as my guest uh, Jesse Klein, the co-executive producer and head writer of that show. Uh, please give her a, a nice uh, uh, round you. of That's it, episode 45, Live and Dangerous. Big thanks to Jesse Klein, of course, and also to my producer, David Klatt, and for the continued and valued assistance and support of blind Willie Orbison. He's not actually blind. Also, props to Jeremy Ween, Andrea Simmons, and everyone at PodFest 2015, except the sound guy. He's dead to me. Thanks for listening. Say goodnight, blackheads. Blackheads.